Art is dead, uh, yeah. so everybody should just quit making it. Welcome to the Insert Credit Show number 114, or Insert Credit 114, or whatever kind of 114 you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and here, as always, are Tim Rogers and Frank Savaldi. Hi. Yeah, I'm one of those. So, uh, before we, we start into things, um, what's going on in y'all's lives? Anything exciting? Uh... I, I reached a major milestone in 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 a game that I'm working on that uh, I don't think I'm allowed to say what the milestone is, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. That's oh. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how to say that delicately, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it, not it was allowed to talk about it, but deal with it, suckers. <laughs> It's uh, it, it's in it's in a, the place that it's supposed to be as of today. Neat. Yeah. Any one of you got Fallout Four or Tom Raider or any of those kinds of games? I, can't I don't got neither of those. Despite no. knowing people who work on both of them, where's the codes? Where's the copies? Yeah. Uh, what's the deal with my mailbox being so lonely? No. I do I do have some things to say about how I don't want to play Fallout Four. Oh, uh, but I don't it. know if that's his own topic or if I should just kind of go it's, into it's, it now. It's not, so, so go for it. it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So I, I I try not to talk about this too much because I don't understand my own feelings on it, but I've, <laughs> I've, I've played all of the Fallout games. You mean you played Fall of the All Out games? Bless. Yes. <laughs> Boom. I played Fallout Boy. I played uh, Flat Out, the racing game. I don't know if you remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I this is a series that I've traditionally enjoyed, and something about this fourth one from the very first day they showed a thing has just not appealed to me at all, and I have not identified what that is. Uh, yeah. the, the closest thing I can think of is that when I played Fallout Three the first time, um, I kind of made myself like it. Uh, I, I had a pretty good time, but but. I remember thinking when I was playing it, uh, yeah, this is about as good as a Fallout 3 could be. Um, but then when New Vegas came out, within like five minutes of playing it, I, was, I, was, I just was like, oh, I'm home. This is it. This is Fallout. Like, they, they actually, they, they get it. And, and maybe part of it is just that I don't trust Bethesda, but I think a big part of it has been the marketing for this game. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the launch trailer, but the launch trailer is just like, there's a real serious war, and it's all up to you. And maybe the humans are the monsters. <laughs> you ever think of that? And Spoilers, boy, the humans are always the monsters. <laughs> and there's just going to be such a cool fight in this game. And that's not what Fallout is to me. Fallout to me is like putting on some stupid clothes and like, meeting some psychopaths in, in, like, the wasteland and convincing them to follow me around and just kind of rolling into town and, like, manipulating people. Yeah. Like, that's what Fallout is to me. Well, I think that's probably a fault of the advertising. We're going to talk about advertising later. But, uh, I mean, 
You know, they got a yeah. Cheers bar in there. What else do you want? I want the Cheers bar. And they got a Cheers bar. So I don't. Uh, I I want to play Fallout 4 because I've played all of them and I might as well play this one. Uh, but only if somebody done gives it to me for free. Yeah, Where is it? Why isn't it in my darn mailbox right now? Uh, is all I want to know. My buddy Kyle on the internet played it, and uh, he gave me an ActionButton.net bottom line review of it. Do you guys want to hear? Yeah. Fallout yeah. 4 is ActionButton.net bottom lines is you complete the sentence with. Game title is finished the sentence. So uh, the action button.net bottom line is Fallout 4 is Fallout 3, Fallout 4 edition. Boom. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, that kind of is exactly what I think it is. I have heard the shooting is better. Okay. That's all I've heard, that you can play it like a shooter now, whereas you absolutely could not play Fallout 3 like a shooter. No. Uh, uh, you'd you'd be a complete idiot to do that. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't really want to. I like the VAT system. But, yeah, but uh, wait, I, uh, this, wait, this is this is a rare modern game that all three of us have played. What Fallout Three? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. Well, wow. if you consider modern like something from two thousand six or seven or whatever that oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play New Vegas, even though I would have liked it a lot more. I mean, I was gonna. Same thing happened like, to me, but I, I was uh, intimidated well, by the hours that I saw stretching ahead of me looking at that game. My Facebook memories for today. Do you guys get this? You wake up in the morning and there's a Facebook memory on your Facebook uh, top of your news I think I have found out how to dismiss them via Social Fixer. But, I uh, would uh, dismiss them, but uh, I have this idiotic principle where I participate in all facets of a thing. Yeah, sure. Gets me in some trouble with the law every now and again, if you know what I mean. But uh, it doesn't really. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what I mean either. But uh, I, I like looking at. It. So here's the thing. Uh, in case anybody didn't know this, I kind of remember all the stuff. You know, it's just it's all that I've got in life is to remember all the stuff. And uh, I woke up today and I was like, Ah, yes. Ah, yes. I remember uh, this day. Uh, it's it's November 11th, the 1111 day, you know. And I remember this day four years ago. It is when uh, the Elder Scrolls Skyrim came out on 111111, a numerologically significant date. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I remember I got my copy of Skyrim. And I opened up my Facebook on my phone. Helpful that it is a mammoth, mammoth phone. Uh an enormous, disgusting, huge, pink, goddarn clay tablet in my hand. Uh, and I open up my Facebook, and there at the top is a picture of me holding Skyrim like this. I was trying to find it, but I guess when you don't share your memory, Facebook goes, oh, sorry, and uh, <laughs> and just like hides it from you forever, so it's still not there. Uh, but yeah, I played a bunch of Skyrim. I played all those. I play all those Elder Scrolls games, hoping I'm going to like one. Holy girls. Well, yeah, so I'm going to play Fallout 4, and I'm going to play it with this, the Steam controller. Boom. Uh, if you're not watching the video show, that will mean nothing to you, but I got a Steam controller, and maybe you suckers don't, and maybe you want to cry about it. Just I think I'm good. You yeah, can get one, too, for $49.99. Uh, it's actually really nice. Uh, I would recommend one for everybody. I got one, and I played Max Payne 3 with it. I played Dark Souls with it. And uh, 
it's beautiful because you get two little trackpads. This is so much better than an analog stick. It's so much better, uh, and that's all there is to it. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my proper questions now. Let's hear them. Uh, let's get into it. So my first thing <clears throat> is, what is the last game that surprised you, and uh, how did it do that? How did it surprise me? Yeah, the last game that you played, where you were playing something and you were like, "What the heck?" While while you're thinking, I will, I will say what prompted this, which is I was, I was playing, through I was going through all of my games that uh that I got in Japan, and there's this one game called Pup Breeder, which is not about breeding pups, unfortunately, and it it is a 3D real-time strategy game made in 1996, it turns out. So that was a real surprise because as far as I knew, 3D RTSs didn't exist for quite a while later. And researching the internet says that the first, you know, Western RTS games that uh, that had that featured 3D at all were in late late 96, early 97, but no full 3D ones until much later. So this might be the first full 3D real-time strategy game uh, that nobody has really talked about, which is really strange and interesting. It's got like a full-on, you know, mini-map and everything. You tell your units where to go, and they call out for help to each other, give them items and stuff. It's it's weird. So that, that, it surprised me. And uh, I was like, what the heck? So... Yeah, what what about yours? So the first one that just springs to mind for me, I don't know if it's literally the last game that surprised me, but the first one that I can think of uh, was I just recently played ActRaiser for the first time. Oh, and, nice. And I was, we played through it, like, in, in one sitting, which is cool. That's not true. We got to the last boss, slept on it, then beat the last boss the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it surprised me just how very obviously... Uh, biblical it was uh, for a game that Nintendo heavily marketed as as being like a launch-ish title for the Super Nintendo. Like it's it's weird how much of that passed and how much of it's just obviously a, a theological story. And uh, yeah. and the ending was really weird and and interesting too, where where your uh, your followers sort of abandon you as God. <laughs> Owned. Yeah. Yeah. I like that game. Yeah, it was good. And then yeah, I, I, I started like too, and I was like, what is this? Actress <laughs> 2 kind of rules. It seems the, like uh, it's a pretty cool game, but it's like, oh, this it, isn't... It's great. very, very different, yeah. It feels like a different game. The intro is awesome, of 2. Anyway. Yeah. So, Tim, what about you? Man, I don't know what about me. Uh, trying to think, like, Surprise is such a broad... Uh, I don't know, it's... There are just games that are designed to surprise you, yeah. Like where there, there are just plot points that are designed to be surprising, and uh, the whole idea of twists that you never see coming is. Uh, I understand this as I've I've written several mystery novels myself. I mean, everybody has, and uh, you know it's easy to surprise a reader. It's all you have to do is know something they don't, and the way you do that is. Just don't tell them everything. So, I don't know, the ending part of The Last of Us surprised me that uh, a story had the balls to get 
that extremely dark at the end. Like, that kind of ex- like surprised me a whole lot. Neither of you guys have played that game, have you? You haven't? Uh, no, not, played- not for longer than the amount we've discussed, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for me it was like three hours, and it was the same three hours two times. Oh, no. Yeah. Well... That the back half of it is dope as heck, uh, so I just I got continually surprised just a whole bunch by stuff that happened in that. I don't really want to spoil it for you guys because I still think it's yeah. We'll, we'll I'll probably try to get to it. If um, there were a Criterion collection of video games, I'd I'd still I can't think of too many games that would be in it. I'd put that one in there. Yeah. You know? Uh, but uh, there's that and Bioshock Infinite surprised me. Uh. I will spoil that one if you Go want. For it. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the the main bad guy with the huge beard. Uh, I mean, so I was ready to hate this game first of all, and I didn't really hate it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Hence my giving it two stars instead of zero stars. Uh, the main bad guy with this huge beard, who's just this religious guy, who's this religious zealot that you never get close to. That's just you from the the prime timeline and it is revealed at the end of the story that it's you yourself and then you kill him and there's some minor apocalypse occurs and it's like I thought that was hilarious it was like the funniest thing in the world <laughs> and uh, I mean also the idea that a game that I had written off so heavily had such a cool sci-fi concept in it that's really really simple and very slight is that there are infinite parallel universes and this girl for some reason is able to see into all of them and therefore she is able to just pick a universe where one thing is different. Like she's like, okay, check this out and you travel to a universe where the door isn't locked but everything else is the same, right? And it's like, well, that's really ham-fisted because you know, a writer writing a story wants things to happen just the way they want them to happen. So... Why is that interesting? It's just it's neat that a guy whose story you presume is going to be this dumb, huge, overwrought thing is that simple. You know, it's that plain, like, was able to be that restrained about it. That surprised me. So I think this this is a good set of games to lead into the next question, which is uh, how did you find these games that surprised you. In my case, it was browsing a rack at a store in Japan and finding something that had an interesting screenshot on the back that I didn't own that cost less than $10. So <laughs> that's that's what I was going for when I picked this up. And uh, how, so, Frank, I, how did you find Actor? How did I find Actor? You knew, you knew it existed, but how did you come to be like, all right, I'm going to play this? And uh... Uh, Okay, so I knew it existed. Well, the first time I knew that it existed was uh, from reading about it in my subscription to Nintendo Power uh, in 1991. Uh, and at the time, I thought it was pretty interesting looking, but uh, didn't really like pursue it or anything because I didn't have a Super Nintendo. Um, and then the reason I picked it up and played it recently, I don't really remember. It was just like uh, sitting down with the Super Nintendo and going and just... I, I, if, if I'm remembering right, my goal was I want to find a game that I can actually play through in a couple of days and do it that might actually be interesting. Um, 
and that one is just it's been it's been on the old list for years, you know, of, yeah. of games that I might want to look at. And uh I think that's all it really was. Uh but it did make me want to play the rest of that developer's games. Well, that's that, good. Which wait, have you had you not played any of their games no. prior to that? I, oh. I, I, uh, the first thing I tried to do, even though it technically wasn't them, I tried to go back to Ease first, because yeah. it was the same like writer, right? Uh, and I think it just wasn't the right day for that, or maybe I just wasn't ready for something that like simplistic. Uh, but I, I played a... Is it Soul Blazer? The one where you kind of... Soul Blazer. Like, where yeah. you rebuild the towns by like freeing... Yeah, I played a little bit of that one before, and thought it was really cool. Soul Blazer um, kind of rules, yeah, I like that game. So that might actually be the next one I play. Okay. So Tim, how did you how did you come a- across these games? Were they given to you, or did you buy them, or what happened? Uh, they were both given to me. Uh, I guess it's kind of interesting. They were the biggest games of the season, and I was thinking, God, they were the biggest games of the year that they came out in, and I was thinking I would play them both, uh, and write reviews of both of them, and maybe not do any more game reviews after that. Maybe do some more, maybe not. I mean, who knows? I thought I would start streaming, and I ended up not streaming either of those games. So, uh, yeah, they were the biggest... So the reason why I was so excited about both of them is they were both games about older white men protecting very young girls who were Disney princess-esque in their own ways. And I thought that was a really interesting moment for video games to have finally arrived at that. Uh, yeah. I felt the like dad crescendo. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like games had been building up to a dad crescendo for decades and it surprised me that that was the thing. I mean, those games in their plots and in their pacing are both like hyper similar. My hypothesis was correct that they would be. So I thought I'm going to play both of them. I have to, it's my duty. And uh, I guess Ken Levine doesn't like me uh, because he emailed me once. Okay, let's put let's get that out of out in the open. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, you talked to me, Ken, uh, not the other way around. So then when I asked for a copy of Bioshock Infinite, he just didn't reply. And then someone, uh, uh, a viewer of the Insert Credit Show, sent me his copy of Bioshock Infinite when he was done playing it. Would you have played these games uh, if you had to purchase them yourself? Oh man, uh, that's a really difficult question because I don't. Oh, I know. I haven't purchased any games in like ten years. I unless so the answer is kind of no. The answer is kind of no. Yeah, uh, but I was going to play them. I was destined. I was destined to play those games. So I was right. like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get them, and I did get them. Uh, so, yeah, then The Last of Us, uh, I've never paid for a Naughty Dog game because I've got buddies there. Just I've got, I've got moles deep in the organization who have sent me. I get all their games for free, and I love it. And that's my buddy story there. So uh, this brings me to my question. How do we get people to find cool things if they're not looking at a platform for guidance? How do we get people to have a game experience that will surprise them. Because we we got all of these games through kind of 
well, ways that are sort of outside of the main structure of how you find out about games. I mean, Frank, you found out about ActRaiser in 1991. That doesn't exactly... I mean, you you, you found out about that the traditional 1991 way, but... Right, but, but the, untradi- <laughs> the untraditional part is that, like, you know... Yeah, you I played a ROM recently. Right, and and but the also the the what I was actually going to say is that that like I I don't forget, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like 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 I don't I don't like games don't have an expiration date for any of us, but uh, yeah. but that you know is sort of the unique part of discovering ActRaiser. So like if someone is not looking at Steam and if some and if someone is not looking at the PlayStation Four store every day, how? How do you get them to find... Like, discoverability on those stores is difficult. We've talked about that, and we've talked about how it would be nice to have an Apple Music-style, you know, curation thing that would actually try to show you cool stuff. But if you're not looking at those platforms, how do you find anything cool? Is Is there any way, like... I mean, websites. like, like the, the I, I don't know. This might be a cop out answer, but the 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 answer is to be a person who seeks out interesting stuff. I mean, like, I I think that's just an inherent quality of a person. I don't think that's something that you can like teach somebody. Well, but what if say you make video games and you think that they are interesting and you want people to to find that game, but you feel like those people might be like you. And not mm. looking at Steam sales, or not not like, okay, maybe we all look at Steam sales because <laughs> just you know for for professional curiosity, but just just to just make ourselves terrified every day, yeah, yeah, just to make sure that we know <laughs> we're not going to make any money when our game comes out. But um, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, if 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 you think that, say, I make a a, a video game, let's call it Gunsport. Mm-hmm. And I think that people that like to play Saturn games, uh, or that like browsing browsing racks to look for something cool, would like my game. There's no there's no real vehicle for me to do that, um, and I don't think that that's the method that works the best for anybody. No. Um, so yeah, like how how, well, how do you how, how do you, how do you tell know? people about a cool record that's old or I guess new, right? Um, yeah. I mean that's not. I don't think there's really an answer to that. I think tastes vary so much that, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, th- I think it, I think we do ultimately have to go back to that that paid curator kind of concept that we talked about already to to make that uh, easier for people. Yeah, but if you're not looking at Apple Music, yeah, what's gonna happen? So, like. <clears throat> As an example, there was that uh, I don't remember what it was called. There's a dog. There's a dog game. It's about a homeless dog. Oh yeah. Who wants homeless to dog? Yeah. Homeless uh, the dog old hom- game. homeless dog. The game. The Kickstarter. And oh that yeah, game, I know that game. That game got home kickstarted. Free. Home free. Yeah. It yeah. got kickstarted pretty easily and pretty quickly. Uh, it didn't make the most money ever, but it made more than its goal. But more than that, there was just a huge outpouring of love for this game that clearly didn't really exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of exists. It sort of exists, but it it doesn't... It's not have, all the way there. It's going to be a lot of work. I played beta of the game. It's pretty good. Uh, it's made by my buddy Kevin Cancien of the NYU Game Center. Of oh, the cool New guy. York University. New York, New York U, I think is what they prefer to be called. 
So, uh, but my point about that is that that got around because it seemed cool. Yeah. But well, that, that is such an don't get around concept, because it's cool. Like yeah. That, that, that is like that's not even a 15 second elevator pitch. That's like a three second elevator pitch. You know. Yeah. So, Play as a runaway dog. You know, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's not been done before," and that's like a character that I automatically feel for. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah. You don't always you don't always get that. Um, like it would be great if every game were a fifteen second, sec, a three second elevator pitch. I mean, Gunsport right. is a three second elevator pitch because I call it cyberpunk volleyball with guns. And then, but that doesn't that's not as unique. Well, that's not as, as appealing as Runaway Dog. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's 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 true, but. You know, this this is getting into a marketing advertising question. Sure. But, you know, you, you sometimes that's not the game. Not sometimes. Most of the time, that's not the game that you're making or want to make. Is the uh, lost dog or a baby falls into a whale or uh, <laughs> into a whale? Yeah, inside of a whale. Baby uh, falls yeah. into a whale. That's a game. I've played that. Yeah. <laughs> played that um, beta. Yeah. Um, the beta. Yeah. So, so you know, advertising is theoretically important, but I hate it. Like it, it insults me most of the time, and this makes me wonder what kinds of ads do you guys actually like? Because sometimes I'll see an ad and I'll be like, "That was clever. I enjoyed looking at that. That was fine." Um, well, are we are we actually differentiating paid ads from like tweets about a thing? I am right now. I'm I'm okay. saying like an ad where where they're showing you a product and what it does and why you should need it. Like back I, in- I I actually remember I I actually have a real answer to this. Uh the the website for Downwell blew me away cuz oh, yeah. it's it's just it's so yeah. simple. Uh, do you, you know the website? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's Real just good. you I mean Downwell's the game about going down a well and not a whale, a well. Yeah. And you're not a baby. Baby uh, falls into a whale. So baby falls into a Could whale a and baby. Has, has rocket shoes that shoot down. You guys know yeah. the game. And down the, baby. Is down baby? down yeah, baby, baby whale. is the sequel, right? Um but the website like it's just one of those, you know, dynamically changing websites where as you're scrolling down there's a the, the guy's sort of falling down the well and it's like it's maybe three sentences long describing what the game is, and then he lands, and then there's a download link. And I was like, "Wow, that's great! You just you 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 described the game to me uh, in words that make sense, while at the same time showing it to me visually, exactly yeah. what it looks like and what it is, uh, without making me and 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 in a way that almost felt interactive." I mean, all I'm doing is scrolling the page and making him fall. But but it's it, it that that is significantly more active to me than watching a trailer. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I I think a significant thing there is that you were a person to whom it was possible to sell that game because like they there are interactive ish things that I ads that I see. Like uh, uh, I'm playing Metal Slug Defense, and and I finally saw one of those interactive ads that I've heard about, which is like the game basically starts, and it and it says, "My lord, the fort is under attack. Place a unit here to uh, to increase our defenses." But I don't want to play a Clash of Clans game. Like I hate that. 
So like there's no there's no way that that's going to work on me. But I think that that could probably work on a bunch of people. Um like that interactive ad thing is is kind of a good idea that like the ad almost being a game tutorial that then you're like, "Oh, I'm basically playing this game now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to click to continue and that click to continue is like a download link." Um I don't know. It's kind of something, but just in terms of you know content, I'm, I I think about the 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 eighties and nineties when it would be like this toy is the coolest toy and it will change your life and look at the lasers that come out of it, uh, but they don't actually. There's no lasers. It's just like right. a it's like a GI Joe toy with five points of articulation, um, but uh, but it really hyped you up as a child. But now advertising is so um it's it's like meta ironic at this point. It's like we know you hate all this stuff, everything blows. What about this? Like it's it's really it's it's really weird because we went Well that's we just went, the evolution of marketing no, it tactics. Is. I mean that's you know, it's the the so, the old way of this is the most awesome thing you need it now. I mean that just kinda had an expiration date on it when everyone started doing it, just like this one will, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. So within the like in this current media climate, ha- what kinds of advertisements have you seen that you've liked? That was a good example of the Downwell thing. Yeah. I think that press releases that I used to get from the guy who um the PR guy for Atlas were um uh Aram, yeah, uh Jabari. His his press releases were really good cuz they were funny. They gave me all the content that I needed, but they were Funny and cute in a way that wasn't disingenuous. Like he seemed to be enjoying his job. All the content that you needed. All the content I needed. What about you, Tim? You you actually you say you want to participate in the full thing, so you must be looking at ads. Oh yeah, I look at all the ads. I uh, watch trailers for games. Do not watch trailers for movies because that would be too much fun for the movies. If you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, you, you know, they, they spoil the movie. They I walked out of the theater during the previews before the film Spectre because my intuition told me a Star Wars trailer was coming on. And when I came back, I was told that, yes, uh, there had been a Star Wars trailer. I still have not seen any Star Wars imagery, which is an amazing feat. Do not uh, flood my Twitter mentions with Star Wars imagery, please. Yeah, I have I've seen uh, almost none, which is pretty cool, but I also don't care. Yeah, but I mean, you look at Facebook, so it's like yeah, I, and I managed to avoid it. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at I look at Facebook. I've got my tweets muted to not show Star Wars uh, episode seven because I want to watch it like a five year old would watch it. I'm capable, quite effortlessly, of sympathizing with a five year old. It's it's all I've got in life. Is uh-huh. that ability? Uh, so yeah, I look at ads for games and I watch all the trailers. And I mean, everybody in okay. So I get press releases delivered to my inbox all the time, and they're so bad. Uh, and it's like I shut my brain off within like um like a sentence. Yeah, like ninety nine percent of the time. And it's like I've gone ahead and like. Google tagged all of the press release senders because there's like three guys. There's this guy named Logan Lampton. For some reason, I'm looking at him. He sent something today at 10.15 a.m. Hi, Tim. 
in honor of Veterans Day, developer Obsidian Entertainment has announced. It's like in honor of Veterans Day. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Like you're gonna sell yeah. me something in honor of people who die in service of their country. Yeah, that's like, all right. Well, that, that's Memorial Day. Uh, yeah, veterans is people who survived the war. Uh, I don't know. They announce all players that log in or download Armored Warfare before November 22nd will receive a free T62 veteran main battle tank via this special landing page. Uh, the T62, which features high alpha damage, very good penetration, and excellent armor. It's like, all right, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, it's like the T62 was, you know, also a thing. Uh, I don't know if anybody knew about that. But, uh, like, it, but it has high alpha damage and good penetration. Yeah, I don't think any of that stuff works. Uh, like, they're expecting me to blog about it or tweet about it, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, video games are, uh, it's Twitch streams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone in the gaming industry now knows that to sell your game, you got to get somebody streaming it. Yeah. And I mean, I'll go ahead and say 80% of our efforts uh, for video ball marketing is lining up the right people to stream it when the online beta is ready. So it's like, I mean, duh, that's how we're approaching that. Is video ball a game that's going to surprise somebody? I hope so. I played a whole lot of Rocket League last week. In fact, that was the only game I played last week. Uh, And I'm only playing it to uh, just make myself know that Video Ball is better. But uh, even that game surprises me sort of a bunch. It's, uh, I mean, it's cool. And it's like, what surprises you? Moments going down, right? (laughs) So it's like... uh, the beautiful face. Beautiful Those, face. Like, that's what surprises you in the uh, In video the back room, like so that. to speak. In the back room, so to speak. It's the moments uh, in a game like Rocket League, and it's like, man, Video Ball's going to have so many of those. But it's not... So here's the thing. I had this inferiority complex that the lack of cars would make my game less uh, exciting for people. Having played Rocket League pretty hardcore for a week or so, I now understand that no one is playing that game for the cars and the hats. They're no, but they it might for the it moments. might be getting them in there. It might be it getting might them. It might be. In. It might be, but might Rocket League also be a perfect university level education on how to appreciate a game for its mechanics? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully the trick is done is what I'm hoping. Yeah. And uh, all video ball needs is a little ranking system, a little bar that fills up which it's got. Uh, and uh, Levels, level ups that you get as you play. It's like now you're ranked two, idiot. You know, and then a leaderboard that goes. You got 400 rank points, and that makes you number six million in the world, Moran. You know, keep chugging, keep on trucking, idiot. Like, yeah. So anyway, like 80% of what I'm thinking in terms of marketing is it's got to get on Twitch. I'm gonna make a dumb trailer, but uh, I'm not gonna sweat it. That's not. I'm making it as a formality, a fun malady, a fun yeah. formality. So I'm making it for fun and as a, you know, as a, this is what I do. It is my destiny. I must make a stupid video. So, like, like, I'm going to make the dumb video and I'm going to be the guy because I want to be the guy. Uh, yeah. But I, I know that, okay, so 80% of our efforts are securing streams and social media coverage and, uh, Maybe like 
this a disproportionate amount of that has been all in the name of getting a particular person to talk about the game on Instagram. And uh, I may have achieved this. Uh, I can't really say too much because, first of all, you wouldn't believe it. And second of all, it would make it, well, more of a surprise when it actually happened because you didn't believe it. Uh, and I don't want to do that because then, you know, people would have heart attacks. So I'll leave that out. But, uh, man, I hate commercials. Uh, the commercials are bad. Yeah. Uh, but I've noticed a couple YouTube videos are now five seconds uh, have five second commercials at the beginning, which is when the skip ad button appears. Finally, someone realized yeah. that they can make Japanese style TV ads that are really short. Yeah, I love that. It took it took so long for people to figure that out because like so so often I'll get an ad that's just like you know the name of the company that's about to talk to me just like slowly panning in for five seconds. Yeah, and then like yeah. I'll just skip it. <laughs> you know? Exactly, and it's like. It won't even reveal the name, or it won't even reveal uh, uh, the product. Like, what, the yeah. product in the first five seconds. You got to get it in there if you want somebody to care. Uh, I think a cool way to let people discover games is with uh, gifs. Yep. 60 FPS gifs, uh, HTML5 videos, uh, like that sort of stuff. That like just put make a website full of that stuff. Have you seen the Cerulean Moon website for the game Cerulean Moon? It's just full of 60 FPS uh, jiffies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how you do it, man. Get it in there. So, like, I think that's a cool thing. Uh, but uh, the whole everything sucks. Check out this. Like, I don't like that. Uh, yeah. And I also I've had it just about. Well, my arm isn't long enough to indicate just about up to where I've had it with this particular <laughs> thing, which is uh, like when someone does a tweet and goes, oh, man, Fallout 4 has real good graphics, and there's a picture, and I don't – is that Fallout 4 or is that another game? And is that real good graphics or is it not real good graphics? Do you think it's good graphics or do you don't think it's good graphics? It's like – uh, man, you're just presuming that the entire 7 billion people's population of the world or whatever it's at now, I uh, wish just add a billion to whatever the last one I heard was. Uh, you're just assuming everyone's a goddamn mind reader and knows what you're talking about, the familiarity of it. And it's like that's bled into advertising as well. It's like we've noticed millennials like this. Like they like sarcasm and irony. You can't even make a joke anymore. It's You don't make jokes. You be ironic is now what people say. And it makes me nuts, you know? I've had whole conversations with people at game conventions and outside of game conventions where no matter what I say, they reply just presuming that every word of what I said is a joke. Yeah. Have I, uh, have I harped on this on an insert credit show yet? Uh, I think... I think so, but you can you can. Uh, I'm gonna say it again. When people <laughs> are like, "Video ball looks real good," I'm like, "Yeah, we got it running at 144 FPS." <laughs> What's up there? Why not get it running at 164 FPS? It's like, well, it runs at like 300, but monitors can only display 144. <laughs> well, why stop at 300? Why not get it at 690? And it's like, 
Oh, I'm actually being serious. It really does run at 144 FPS. <laughs> yeah, but it does, man. <laughs> yeah, nice talking to you. Uh, and then there's a tweet. Oh, that guy, real hilarious guy, Tim Rogers is hilarious on Twitter. Just caught up with him. Let me get a selfie. It's like I'm not making fun of a particular person here. I'm making fun of about 68 million people. It's like, I don't know, man. I was being serious in that conversation because I don't know who you are, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel and like advertising is that guy, you know, kind of hunching up and elbowing up to me. Elbowing up. It's like that's just all advertising now when someone is uncertain in the least about their product. It's either that or this arms akimbo, you know, all swagger, as they say, where it's like, yeah, we know you want it. Call yeah. of Duty. Well, the, the, uh, the old school style of marketing blitz also doesn't really work anymore because this is this has happened to me so many times I'll see something usually on the side of the of a bus or on a billboard which is clearly supposed to refer to a thing that I've definitely already seen but the, it's impossible for there to be a thing that I've definitely already already seen it'll be like you know a red thing like a red background and it'll say cup on it and uh, and I'm supposed to know what that is because I watch something on TV or I watch something on uh, on uh, on what do you call it on on the internet. But I didn't see that. I avoided that completely. Um, yeah. So I I don't know what cup is, man. Like just leave me alone. Well, that ad that ad's not for you then. That ad is to convert existing, you know, people yes. who. Demographic targeting. Yeah. No, I know, yeah. I know. It's it's not it's it's not for me. But I think that that kind of ad works less and less because you can't know where people's eyeballs are unless they're really old. Right. Like you just can't. That's you, correct. You can't know where they're looking unless they're over fifty. Like, or maybe for I don't know. I yeah, think 50, really, I think really young gets kind of easy too. But uh, anything in between. Yeah, yeah, is like where their parents control the content, or yeah. when they're old. Like that's that's when you can, when you can do it. So um, I kind of want to talk about this this so-called indie apocalypse. I know that no, nobody wants to identify nobody wants to identify as indie, and I shouldn't have used the word, but there that, is that's a that's a big booth, right? Yeah, that's the a big booth. Yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. There is a truth, though, which is that an indie mega truth. People have people have stopped. <laughs> people have the indie mega truth is that people have stopped funding stuff. Uh, the people with money have stopped funding stuff. People with big money and the people with small money have stopped buying stuff. So, like, yeah, what the heck, man? <laughs> is that surprising to anyone? No, it's not surprising. But okay. like, what the heck are you supposed to do when you're in the middle of it? When you're in the middle of making a thing, and then you're like, okay, so I'm uh, I'm speeding headlong toward this cliff. Yeah. Uh, like, wh- what do I do when I get to this cliff? You what get do up I do? in there is what you do. Yeah, I guess to get a hang hang glider or something. Because it's it's weird that you know that that um that downwell website is good and all, but I would expect that to lead to good Steam sales, something like that. Like that that should naturally go towards Steam sales, but yeah. that game sold well on iOS just because it was featured. It didn't sell well on yeah. Twitch 
because people aren't buying stuff like that on Twitch anymore. And it's... Uh, sorry, on Steam. Twitch, what am I talking about? Um, but it's really, it's really weird because the game has a su- superior experience on Steam. Yep. And it's a very Steam-worthy game. It's, it's also Twitch-worthy because it's, it's got a lot of tiny mystery to it. It's, got, uh, it's tough. You can watch someone play it and get better at it and be amused by watching them do that. Uh, it's... I'm going to guess it was about 80 shows ago uh, that I postulated that perhaps these Steam sales are uh, eating video games alive. Yeah, and and I, uh, I I I maintain that that might be true. I think I think this culture of uh, buying a lot of games uh, during Steam sales and and uh, amassing this giant collection of games you don't play. Yeah, uh, that, posting pics of it. Yeah, and and <laughs> like look at this tweeting ironically about it, and it's just one of those things that all of us like knows and relates to. Like that, that's a culture that we created as game yeah. sellers. Yeah. And you know, again, I postulated that that was eventually going to come back and bite us, and and I think that's true. I think that I think we overdid uh, small cheap games on Steam, and it's over now. Yeah, it's it's that it's a weird thing for me because I, you know, I have several Steam games. I don't use Steam a lot, but I I've got twenty something games in there because I bought a few humble bundles, and so I just instantly got this glut of games right. that was intimidating. Gameglut.com, yeah, I've been there. Gameglut.com, but at the same time, I also have this this case over here. I've got this I've got this giant case with two hundred and fifty Saturn games inside of it. Um, that's a lot. It's also not all of the Saturn games that I own. It is, uh, that's, I have a problem. But I will go through that when I feel like playing a video game. I'll just flip through it and be like, yeah, what do I got? What am I in the mood for? What do I got here? Um, so Usually something awesome, right? Usually something awesome. Well, actually, it's it's usually something that I'm in the mood for or something that I haven't played and feels like it might be fun to have a new experience. Um, and I, I don't, I guess it's different because, uh, like we talked about a bit ago, the, the effort that people had to put in to make those games is, is impressive to me. And I want to see, I want to see. You trust that your random Saturn pick is, is going to be, uh, more interesting than a random Steam pick. Yes. It's going to entertain me. Somehow I'm going to be like, oh, how'd they do that transparency there? Or yeah. oh, look what they tried to do over here with the camera, those nerds. But that's because it it was in such an experimental transitionary period. In well, and video it's also games in I, I think you know we we talked about this a bit. I think, but I think there's inherent value in it uh, existing in a time that isn't now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that you know that just adds to it as well. Um, but like, it's. I don't see a recovery from this because, like, even even on my iPhone, I stopped downloading free games. You know, yeah. like Ooh. like like there's no, you know, it's not there's there's no like the race to the bottom. Like we've already hit that bottom where I'm not even interested in trying free things anymore. Yeah, yes. There 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 was an article on Gamasutra. Which was like pretty soon we're gonna start paying people to play games, yeah. And uh, and I feel like we're not far off from that. And 
if you if you consider you know user acquisition, people are paying. They're not paying the people directly, right? But they're they're paying a lot for those people. Yep. And uh, man, it's 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 real weird. But this this does lead me to my next question, which is, if you're a business person, what video game would you yeah. fund right now? Uh, if I were a business person independently and not a, a business person employed at a video game developer, uh, that's right. I, w- I would not uh, be in video games. <laughs> oh, okay, but, but you have to. You have to. Why do I have to? Why you have to because I've because I've constrained your uh, you're you're working. Okay, let's say you're working at some sort of um, venture capital fund. Yeah, and. Your your job is like okay. We want to get into this sector. We, yeah. We think video games still have somewhere to go. What mm-hmm. will you invest in? Okay. Uh, it would be. Uh, Shoot. I mean, I don't have a specific game in mind, but uh, it, you know, to this hopefully will will make both of you feel better. But uh, it would be in the esports realm, mm-hmm. um, because I still think that. We're in the early days of the uh, the the uh, streaming game boom, mm-hmm. um, and I do think that you know the the only the the the, the closest uh, thing I can think of to you know like a guaranteed at least minor success is something that people want to watch. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it would be in that realm. I I haven't seen any games where I'm like, yeah, that's brilliant. I would, you know, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I have some, you know, vague ideas for things. So I can tell you which game I would be funding right now. Is it a particular is, game? No, no, it's not a particular oh. game. It's a type of game. It is a uh, crafting survival horror game. Mm-hmm. Survival horror game with crafting. Those would are you be the, funding that out of a personal goal or? No, I would be. Fu- I'm a business worth. person. I don't. Oh, I don't okay. care about. I'm a business oh, person. Me neither. Oh wait, and you meant in the hypothetical. I would. I would not fund that unless it had a cast of characters I could put on t-shirts. Okay, I. T-shirts. <laughs> I would do that, uh, like if it could be finished, um, before the end of next year. And mm-hmm. uh, not and by finished I mean on early access and in some sort of open beta because it would have to be massively multiplayer-ish and that's that's because that's that's all that's at the top of Steam that's all that people willingly want to make videos about and I, I think in a new year I think in the next year is going to be too late for you I think I, you're not looking at the future I think you're looking at the present and no, you're I, lose, I, you're going to lose money on this deal I would advise against it. <laughs> And I've I've thought about that, but uh, Minecraft is not going away, and there is a lot more room in that genre for games that that feel good as well as have the crafting elements and things. I think that there's there's still room there for that. But that, I mean, it's that's my best shot. Like that's the only thing I can think. Oh, also free to play. Well, um, like. That's that's really the only area where I can see money being definitely made. Wait, so a free-to-play Steam game that's stream-friendly? Yeah. Uh, have we seen pretty good uptick on free-to-play stuff on PC? 
Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Well, about yeah. Speed. I mean, League of Legends. Okay. League of Legends is is very uh, very popular and very free to play. Um, Tim, what about you? Well, I uh, happen to have the uh, pleasure of knowing how much my time is worth. So I feel like by making the game that I have chosen to make next, uh, well, I mean that we're working on right now, day in, day out, uh, I feel like I'm investing in what I'll just say is free-to-play, free-to-play mobile-like eSports. So by mobile-like, I mean teams Mm -hmm. with with large, uh, usually like a five-member team uh, at max, but... Uh, so basically, I am currently doing much research looking into, at, and around uh, independent mobile-like action games because I believe that uh, games like Rocket League have proven to even the most cynical people that there is room for uh, an online multiplayer game, uh, an online competitive multiplayer stream-friendly game that is not an FPS, and it is not a, a MOBA, uh, and it's not, strictly speaking, a sports sports game. So, But what I'm thinking about and looking at is games with lots of characters. Uh, MOBAs, as you may be familiar, have, for example, specialist characters, characters who heal or buff, uh, characters who do actions, multiple victory conditions. Basically, I think... Uh, there are a lot of risks that makers of bigger MOBAs, such as Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm is god darn fantastic, by the way. Uh, Overwatch, Overwatch uh, is god darn fantastic. I haven't played much of it, but uh, it's out there. Uh, games like that are really cool because they've got a lot of characters and team dynamics. Extremely slippery. They're all about play style. I'd be very interested in... And it's not that hard. We've kind of proven to ourselves how much work it is. It's not unthinkable at all for somebody like Vlambeer to do it and do it better. Uh, by better, I mean in an edgier, weirder fashion. Like, we are currently working on a MOBA. Uh, I own the .com, and I've applied for the trademark. It's called Grabjackers. Uh, I'll let everybody know that. There you go. It's the first, uh, well, the second announcement, uh, the first one online. It's called Grabjackers. That's all capital letters. Uh, it is a team-based action game. And it's like, I really think that uh, stuff like Towerfall is great uh, for, like, a party, but what if you push that a little bit further uh, and you have, like, the indie eSport game that is just got a lot of characters and classes and it's just built to be online. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, a slower Towerfall. Towerfall for Checkers Geniuses. What if you did that? Uh, I think there's going to be a couple of those games emerging, and you're going to see some indie free-to-play stuff, and that's that's what I'm interested in. Because I, I so, mean, yeah, I can't be the only person thinking I could make something as cool as Heroes of the Storm uh, yes. for less money and with a uh, more fun for me game style. So boom, that's what I so, would look for. Tim has Tim has answered this question already, but to Frank and also to me, could you make a version of this game that you would fund that you want to play, and would you be willing to make this game? 
I think so. Uh, I, I only have very, very vague notions of what the game would be, but uh, a game with, like, like Tim was saying, and like I kind of said to you, with a cast of characters, because I do believe anything I'm investing in has to be an IP. Mm-hmm. It can't just be a game. Uh, and like I, you know, honestly, I think that's that's one of the learnings we had from IDARB was that there aren't like characters I can put on a T-shirt there. You know, yeah. like 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 there are vaguely, but it's not it's not known for its characters. It's like all about making your own. So like, it would be character based. Uh, it would be fun to watch streaming. Um, the design would uh, allow for surprises to happen very often because I want this to be a game where the next day you like describe what happened to you to someone, uh, and it's got to be uh, sort of to Tim's point earlier, uh, very jiffable. I don't. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I I I want this game to be. Uh, an animated GIF that you see on Kotaku as you're as you're scrolling oh. down. Yeah, so I think this is telling of my current current mindset right now, remaking video games. But I I don't have any interest in the game that I would fund. <laughs> um, don't. And I. Well, I want to be clear that the only reason I have interest in the game that I would fund is uh, because. Uh, I don't know, I guess I just have a mainstream taste and also I've already committed to make it. And well, I've decided to make the game... I've decided to make a profitable game based on an idea that I like. So I guess yes. I've made compromises in both directions. So that's that's the thing that I have been thinking about a lot recently. Well, a thing, which is, you know, where where does where does that compromise live for me? And I haven't found that compromise that gets me excited enough to keep making video games but also do a thing that someone else might think is profitable. Um, Like, it's... The things that I wanted to make, the reason I got into making video games is because I wanted to make stuff that I wanted to play but which wasn't getting made. Um... Are there games that you all want to be playing, but people aren't making those anymore? Uh, um, probably. I that, that's a hard question to answer. Um, like, what what kind of game would you like to be playing? What kind of new game would you like to be playing? Because you're not playing a lot of new games. Uh, but if the kind of game that that you like was made, you would probably play it. What what game is that? Maybe I I, I don't know. Like I. I don't even I don't think that I don't think that there's a, a void of, of games I want to play that exists. Like there's so many games out there that I, I it's hard for me to imagine that uh you know there's nothing that appeals to me. It's just I think there's too many. Yeah. Uh and I can't find them and uh and I'm like you in that it's easier for me to just uh, look at some old games uh, in order to sort of scratch that itch of of having an interesting experience. Um, yeah. So it, it's I don't I don't believe that we're missing anything really uh, in, in in modern games that that we had in past games. Uh, yeah. So no, I don't think there's anything anyone could do that would make me 
you know, like, it's not that I don't play games, like, I, I played, you know, I played that Undertale game, because it looked to me like an interesting experience, and it mostly was. Uh, and it's it's not like there weren't other, uh, uh, you know, Japanese RPG-inspired experience games that played with the rules and, and had a vaguely, you know, friendly, Earthbound-like aesthetic. Like, that's not a thing that didn't exist before that game. It's yeah. just that that one... Uh, got my attention enough that I decided to try it. Yeah, that one. That one got out there. It people, yeah. people saw it and people talked about it and enough to where it's like, well, maybe I'll give this a shot. So you know, I want I want to play more cool, tight action games about running on rooftops with a sword or whatever. Sure. Um, probably a bunch of those games have been made, but to tie this back to sort of the beginning, I. I do wonder how many of the kinds of games that we might want to play have been made, but we haven't seen it because it's so hard to find the things. You know, everybody's busy. You don't want to be digging through stuff and, and be like, what's the best game about a, running with a sword on a rooftop? I mean, that's going to be hard to find. Um, like, if you're looking for moments, it's hard to find... It's hard to find a game based on moments, the kinds mm-hmm. of feelings that you want to have, the kind, the way you want this, what you want this game to do for you. Um, so I just, I just. That sounds wonder. like we need curators. Yeah, it does. Almost curators. Yeah. Not less tomb rating, more Q rating. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm probably repeating the conversation we already had, but not like a popularity-based curation system, like a a platform run by cool people that uh, pay other cool people with good taste. Yeah. Yeah. It, that should be Steam, really. Right, but it's not. It's it's like Steam is uh, intentionally uh, going the opposite direction, which is making it as open as possible. Um, it's not a direction that I believe in, and I'm not investing in the Steam platform uh, in my video game business, yeah. Um, but like I, I, I think they're going the opposite direction of success. I think that they're just uh, going the easy route, and uh, I don't think it's going to work in the long term. Well, they want everything. That's they just they're right. like, you know, you don't know what's going to make a hit, so I want everything. But they also like, you know, in years past would sort of hand pick and feature things, and yeah. and you know be the gatekeepers for content as far as like which games get on and which ones don't. And when that was happening, you know, we, we did lose something when we lost that. We lost, we lost the, the, our youth. we lost our youth. Yes. But we <laughs> lost, we lost like a game being on steam really meaning something and being a yeah. guarantee of, of something. Um, yeah. yeah. Just get it on steam is what people used to say. Yeah. Uh, and and we lost that, and and like I, I think it's because Steam decided that what was best for them was to not be gatekeepers, is was to open it up and make it like the App Store, uh, but for you know PC games, and to uh, expand on that philosophy by allowing a lot of user generated content, including the the you know the curation stuff in the marketplace or whatever, and I think it's just become way too open. And if the goal is discoverability, I think that uh, I don't think Steam's ever going to be ever going to solve discoverability. I think it's I think it's lost its ability to do that. I think they could if they wanted to. 
I think they could they could turn it around if they felt like it. Maybe, but I, I think I think that's just too big yeah. of a pool. Yeah, they don't seem to feel like it. Well, that was all my questions. Cool. All your cues. All my questions. Here. All my questions today were basically about discoverability. <laughs> all your questions today were about how do you sell a gun sport? Nah, not really. <laughs> but kind of. But kind of. I don't know how you I, I don't know how you do that. But um it does you know, it makes me feel like all these publishers <clears throat> indie game publishers and whatnot, the ones that offer you just marketing support, mm-hmm. they have no they have nothing. There's nothing no. valuable there whatsoever. No, there absolutely used, is not. Like what is what is a game It used to be anymore? like Yeah, it used to be like getting on Steam was hard. How do right. I do it? But it's not hard now, and it used kinda, to be it's like kind of like when a, when a certain indie game arm of a certain out of business uh, publisher uh, wanted to publish iDarb and take, I believe it was sixty percent uh, in exchange for getting us on Steam. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it's pretty great. And owned. Yeah, like when when it comes to you know they're gonna help with marketing. It's like what do you, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Do you have a do you have one of the top streamers working for you directly? If yeah. not, then what are you going to do that's going to help me? Uh, and the answer is A, they don't know, B, nothing. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting sick as a as a video game person of of people offering uh marketing without substantiating what that means and yeah. uh, and I would oh, like, yeah, totally. I would I would like that clearly defined in a contract like like yeah, I understand your this is your marketing spend, but give me the menu. You know, yeah. like, what are you yeah. spending this toward? Yeah, what's on there. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I hear that. I, I see a lot, I get a lot of, like, emails from people offering, who's going to help you market video ball? It's like, man, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, who are you? Like, I look at the person's Twitter or whatever. It's like, I, I don't know who you are, man. What are you going to do for me? At this point, I would consider going with somebody who had like a million Twitter followers or whatever, but I'm not going to, and only if they were working for me for, I, I don't know, I don't even want to get into it, but it's like, what what is with all these marketing people? Like, who are they? You know? I think they're people you, that buddy? Couldn't, they couldn't find something else to do. Yeah. Well, like, they, they are the people who got marketing degrees. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Man. there is a science to marketing, but it's like, I don't know. It's just all these like rogue people, like just one person sent, calling themselves like a marketer or whatever. It's like kind of feel like it should be, you know, like I don't even know what I'm talking about. I mean, I do know what I'm talking about, but it's like who cares? I just died in Downwell. So there's well, that. That's as good a place as any to uh, to, end to the die. Show. To die. So thanks. Thanks everybody for listening Dying. and watching. You can follow Tim at one zero eight on Twitter. You can follow Frank yeah, at me. Frank Cifaldi on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Necrosofty on Twitter, and you can go to Facebook.com/slash Insert Credit to interact with us in some way. And in the near yeah. future, you'll be able to. Ask questions of us, which we might be able to put on the show. 
and do other things like that. So, uh, you know, just, just keep on paying attention. It's real cool that y'all still listen to and watch this. So that's pretty yeah. chill. And, uh, yeah. I guess we'll see y'all next time. Oh, right. yeah. Insert credit show. Silver, yeah! That's all, right. all there is to it, you idiots. Yeah. You'll be here next time, or you're going to not want to do anything else forever. <laughs> That's right. That's how it goes. That's the truth of the matter. <laughs>